For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Built for Playmakers podcast. I'm your host, Kelvin Hunt, editor of chopchat.com. Hope you guys are doing well. If this is your first time tuning in, uh, we appreciate you for giving me a chance. Um, if you've been rocking with us from the beginning, uh, appreciate you guys for tuning back in and supporting the podcast. Man, I just got home. It's been a, it's been a week. My wife has been gone for um, well, since last Saturday, and she won't return until uh, this Saturday. And so it's been straight up daddy daycare uh, in the Hunt household. Um, just got home from taking my oldest daughter to um, open house and... That was an experience. Um, this high school um, has been around, I mean, forever, but they tore down the old high school and built a brand new high school. And so it is now the largest high school in North Carolina. And so, yeah, that was uh, that made me feel really old um, that I have uh, a kid going to high school uh, starting later this year. So. Pretty crazy week, but um, found some time to um, to get it in. Uh, we're going to touch on um, the uh, K Camp interview that dropped um, via the On the Bench podcast. If you haven't had a chance to listen to that, um, definitely do so. Um, those guys do a good job, and that was a, a pretty thorough interview by um, Zach over there, Zach um, Blosting. Um, so shout out to them. Uh, going to touch on um, FSU softball, FSU baseball. And whatever else comes to mind. But um, before we go ahead and get started, I'm going to go ahead and shout out um, our sponsor, um, betonline.ag. Um, of course, you know, the Super Bowl is over. Hopefully, you know, you guys had a chance to, to make some money on that. Um, you know, if you took the Rams against the spread, you lost. But um, it was a pretty good game. Uh, good to see uh, Jalen Ramsey and Cam Akers uh, get that Super Bowl ring. But uh, make sure you head on over to uh, the website and use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get started. That's B-L-E-A-V. Um, so, of course, you have, um, you know, boxing, UFC, you got some Olympic coverage. Um, so, you know, a lot of things to, um, you know, to try to win some money on uh, while we uh, enter the summer lull since there's no Major League Baseball right now. But um, but yeah, man. So let's get into it with the K Camp interview. Uh, K Camp touched on uh, a lot of different things. Um, you know, going all the way back from whenever he kind of just started, you know, posting graphics on on Twitter, and you know how he you know kind of got started uh, at FSU, that whole process, his experience working with. Um, the old staff and the new staff and, um, you know, the experience with Odell Hagen, Hagens and, you know, why he left FSU. And that's kind of what I want to touch on that, that last part. One of the things we touched on in the last 
podcast was, you know, was it time to take, you know, buy stock with FSU football? And we talked about how uh, the FSU administration has, you know, set aside some money, if you will, for football to make additional hires uh, when it comes to support staff. And we kind of talked about, you know, some of those hires. And one of the things that K-Camp went into was not only K-Camp, but basically the whole graphic design team that was working together at one point, you know, almost all of them left um, at some point last year. And one of the main reasons was basically, you know, they were working an amazing amount of hours and, you know, they, they felt like they were not getting paid adequately for the work they were putting in. And, And listen, man, we know how bad the FSU graphic design team was, you know, under the last regime. And, you know, it was so bad. I wrote a post whenever they hired K camp, because basically all FSU fans were lobbying for him to get hired. And then he talked about how some of the players were, were lobbying for, you know, the staff, the old, old staff to hire him. And not only that, you know, other programs were, were, were also, you know, trying to buy for his services. And, you know, and really he, you know, he kind of just seems like he's self-taught. You know, he didn't go to school for graphic design. It didn't, it didn't sound like, you know, if I'm, if I'm wrong on that, forgive me. But, you know, so he, you know, he joins the team and, you know, they just put out all of this, all of these graphics and, you know, it's just a huge upgrade over what, what we had. And, you know, it got to a point where, you know, he was like, man, you know, I'm trying, you know, I would like to stay here, but, you know, I, I need, I need some more money to kind of justify the amount of time that I'm putting in. You know, he, he's saying they were putting in like 18, 20 hour days. Now you got to remember at the time FSU uh, had David Coburn as the, I'll call it acting athletic director. And of course, Coburn kind of was put in place by President Thrasher, uh, you know, to kind of fix the mess that Stan Wilcox, the previous athletic director, you know, had made before he left. And not only that, Coburn had to deal with, you know, the, the pandemic. So I kind of see, I kind of do understand a little bit where FSU was coming from as far as Coburn. You know, he wasn't, you know, he knew he wasn't going to be the athletic director for a, a long period of time. And really, you know, COVID probably extended the time that he was the athletic director because, I mean, you just can't, you know, President Thrasher decided that, you know, he was going to extend his retirement. And so Thrasher wasn't going to hire an athletic director knowing he was going to retire. And so all of that kind of was a perfect storm, you know, to kind of handcuff the FSU administration a little bit. Okay. And so, you know, Coburn was looking at it like, I got to fix this budget and COVID is forcing us to lay people off or furlough people or whatever. And at the same time, you know, you have a graphics design team that is putting in a crazy amount of hours to not only, you know, change the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, you know, there was a stigma almost with, you know, the graphics graphic design team with FSU all the way back from the, you know, the MLK debacle and so forth and so on. 
and you know, and it, and it didn't really take long for for those guys to to kind of right the ship, and you you kind of notice like, wow, you know these, you know these guys are putting out some some great work, and the the recruits and everyone, you know, they were not afraid to to share them, and and you know everything is good, but at the same time, you know these guys are not getting paid, you know, justly um, in their opinion, and so, you know those guys decided that, you know, they were going to take another route and almost all of them left. And what you, what you've seen is, you know, Michael Alford began officially as athletic director on January 3rd of this year. And, you know, we talked about how they set aside some funds for the support staff. And I don't know if Michael Alford has set aside funds for the graphic design team, you know, per se, but, I do know that they have pretty much hired an, a, a brand new team. Well, actually, one of the guys used to work at FSU as an intern, and I think he, uh, I think he's back in a, an actual has a title. I, I don't know the title out of hand, but they have pretty much a full team and may have more people, including you know some interns, than they had whenever K Camp and all those guys um, were were working together. So. You know, that's just kind of one one advantage of, of, of having an athletic director is being able to, you know, go to somebody that you know is going to be there, you know, for the foreseeable future and has, you know, kind of the power to, you know, allocate funds to different areas when they know that it's a need. And, you know, that seems to be the case with Mike Norville being able to hire, you know, all of these support staff guys that you know, we know that FSU needed to hire um, because all the other programs out there, you know, I, I wrote about it, how Florida and Clemson and Georgia and Alabama, they have massive, uh, you know, off the field, you know, staff from uh, graduate assistants to analysts to quality control guys. And even with the new hires, FSU is still probably behind those programs, but at least, you know, it's kind of moving in the right direction. So, you know, since Alfred has been hired, you know, we've seen um, new additions for for baseball. We've seen the, the new locker rooms for the, the former players. And, you know, things are moving forward with the football-only facility. And, you know, K-Camp, you know, he talked very candidly about, you know, he felt like Mike Norvell went to bat for, you know, his team and, those guys and he he wanted to be able to you know to give them what they wanted but you know it was it was kind of out of his hands and so now with Alfred there I think and of course Alfred and Norvell have a good relationship I think you know Norvell could go and you know and, and vouch and you know it'll be heard whereas K Camp was talking about man you know we would ask for equipment and we we wouldn't even give get a response you know and I thought that was I thought that was um you know, pretty, pretty crazy, you know, so, uh, moving forward, K camp, you know, he, he believes Mike Novell, you know, he's, he's been on the inside and, and he sees the amount of, you know, work that the staff puts in. And of course he was a part of it because, you know, he was working, you know, 20 hours a week. And of course the staff were right there for a lot of those events, those recruiting events. And, you know, he, he was, you know, K camp talked about, he was glad to see um, Michael Alford become the um, new athletic director. And that's who he would, he was hoping that they would hire whenever, you know, all of that, 
that was kind of going down. So, you know, and I, and I, you know, I've talked about it as well. I feel like, you know, Alfred's you know going to do a good job and, you know, we've, we've seen, you know, in less than two months, you know, kind of, you know, some of his fingerprints, you know, on different things. And, you know, I know he's working to hire someone to take over the Seminole Boosters program, which was his former role. But, you know, he said he would have, you know, he would, he would work hand in hand with, with that particular person in that department still, even though he's the athletic director, because he understands that funds have to be raised. And he he is vocally, you know, he is telling people, I think they just had a a, a booster event um, Tuesday, Tuesday night, I think it was, or Wednesday night. And, you know, he's been harping on it about less than 3% of FSU um, alumni or boosters and how that is, you know, like sixth in the ACC, even though FSU has the largest, you know, alumni base, you know, in the conference. And and I wrote about it the other day on chopchat.com. I wrote about it last year. I've written about it. I don't know how many times that, you know, FSU fans, you will love to gripe and complain on social media. And, and we know that's a very minuscule percentage of the, of the alumni base, but, you know, you whenever whenever, you know, pre COVID, you know, we would have, you know, sixty, seventy thousand people coming to a, a football game at Duke. And it's like, man, we can't get we can't get twenty thousand people to to become boosters. And you know, and, and at a time it was seventy dollars, you know, seventy dollars to become a booster. And now they even have it down to like I think it's twenty five, twenty five bucks. I mean, you know, and I did the math on it. You know, if we if you got like ten thousand you know people to chip in at twenty five dollars per person, I mean that's six figures right there. You know, so it I would you know we need we need the we need the fan base to to take ownership. They want these players and coaches you know to you know just snap their fingers and, and win ten eleven games. Well, you know I think. Our fan base needs to, you know, I think they need to kind of you know, take ownership and, and realize that, hey, all these other colleges and universities, those alumni are, are putting big money towards their particular programs. And there's no reason why FSU fans shouldn't do the same thing. So uh, moving forward, I know Michael Alford is going to, you know, you know, put a lot of attention towards increasing the, the numbers of uh, boosters. Uh, you know, each year. And so hopefully um, we'll see um, dividends come from that in the uh, very near future. But uh, before I switch over to um, softball and baseball, that segment is going to be presented by Nord VPN. Uh, what's more important than peace of mind? Nothing. And so that's what uh, Nord VPN is there for, to give you peace of mind while you're online. Um, it's the world's best VPN service, offering the fastest connectivity, most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure everything you do online stays secure. Um, so grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash believe or use the code believe, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's Nord's VPN. But yeah, so switching over to um, softball, I'll go with softball first since they have um, already 
uh, begin their season uh, you know, one today uh, against uh, number 15 ranked Tennessee, nine to three, uh, you know, in a, in a pretty, pretty exciting affair. And, um, you know, those girls look good, man. Um, pitching staff, Santa Cock pretty much has, you know, picked off from where she uh, left off last year. And, you know, Daniel Watson, you know, she's, she's, she's pitching well, but I, I feel like there's another level that, that she can reach. Um, she, she gets behind in the count a little bit too much for my liking. Um, she throws, you know, pretty hard and so can, can kind of get away with some things, but, um, I would like to see her, uh, get ahead in the count a, with a little bit more consistency. Um, but she, pre- you know, pitched pretty well today. The, the defense, um, uncharacteristically let her down. They had, um, it was two, at least two errors. And I think it was maybe three errors that, you know, helped, uh, Tennessee get on the board, um, uh, with those three runs. But, you know, the, um, the batters are, you know, I thought they did a better job today against Tennessee than they did, uh, in their last outing, uh, last outing. I felt like the hitters were a little impatient and, and swinging at a lot of, you know, first pitches, which, which is fine. When I was playing baseball, I was, I was pretty aggressive. And the first pitch is usually one of the better pitches to hit, um, because you understand that the pitcher is trying to get ahead in the count, but, um, you know, especially with like um, Jelani Kerr, you know, and I uh, was uh, Sydney Cheryl. She's she's pressing um, those ladies. Those ladies need to um, you know, be a little more patient at the plate and uh, and just let the pitcher come to them. But overall, you know, they're they're you know making good swings for the most part. They are are getting on base, whether it's via walk or putting the ball in play um, and forcing the defense to work. I know Tennessee had uh, two or three errors themselves, uh, and one of the one of the more impressive things is whenever uh, FSU softball gets runners on base, they are not shy uh, from you know putting pressure and trying to steal bases. They had six stolen bases uh, in their uh, game before today, and they had multiple stolen bases today. And so what that does is, you know, that that puts pressure on the pitcher, that puts pressure on the defense because you have you have the defenders moving, you know, to cover the bag. And so that's going to open up holes. And whenever you steal a base, it's just, you know, creates more opportunities for the batter to, you know, create a scoring opportunity. Um, you know, it's easier to score, you know, from second or third than it is first, obviously. So um, you know, they have a, a big game coming up on uh, on Friday. And um, I think they play uh, Michigan, I think it is, who is uh, also ranked. I think they're ranked number 17. So uh, look for the preview uh, on the uh, website Friday. Uh, We'll be writing that up. But, you know, they have all the they have all the pieces, you know, to to make a run. Um, As long as they are consistent, you know, consistently get good pitching, um, consistently play good defense and consistently put the ball in play, you know, they're going to be a handful for, for anyone. And so hopefully, you know, they can continue to do that. And they, they're playing a lot of players. I know, I know they had some, some younger players to go into the game today and, um, and the uh, previous games. And so um, coach Lonnie's doing a good job of getting some younger players, some at bats and experience. And so, you know, those ladies won't be playing like freshmen um, as they get deeper in, into the season and hopefully um, a college World Series run. Um, but FSU baseball opens up play 
uh, on Friday against James Madison. And I I haven't been able to, you know, I live in North Carolina, so I haven't been able to to go to see any of the scrimmages. But um, my guy from uh, Tomahawk Nation, um, Brent, um, and I can't remember his name, last name, but, you know, he's on Twitter. And so he he does a good job of going out there and, and getting some uh, some video. And so, you know, what I've seen from the little bit of video that I that I've watched and from hearing Meat talk, um, obviously, we know the pitching is going to be uh, outstanding. You got, you know, Parker Messick uh, as your number one and, uh, you know, Herbert at number two. And then it looked like um, um, well, Ross is going to be uh, the day three guy. And the um, the bullpen has electric arms, you know, all over the place. And so pitching, you know, pitching like last year carried the team. And I'm curious to see where the offense is going to come from, you know, losing Matthew Nelson, losing Elijah Cabell, losing um, Robbie Martin. Man, you know, those are those are huge bats and a lot of uh, the production gone from last year. But, you know, you know, it looks like, you know, the transfer from Miami, Alex Terrell, is going to you know step in and, and produce. You know, he's hit some some moonshots. Um you know, in the scrimmages, you know, Logan Lacey's been swinging it, and some of the um, the freshmen have been swinging it as well. And so, you know, and it sounds like they have gotten better uh, defensively. I know the transfer from Florida, Jordan Carrion, uh, he he'll be the starting shortstop, but he'll he won't play this weekend because he has, um, I think, an injured um, hip flexor. But Meat said he didn't think it was anything serious, and so that you know he should be back. Um, you know, sometime next week or, you know, somewhere in there. And Tyler Martin is going to miss this weekend. And, um, you know, just taking it easy with him since he kind of had a setback with his shoulder. And hopefully, you know, he'll be back before ACC play begins. But the problem last year with FSU, you know, was simply hitting. You know, they they struck out 32% of the time. And, you know, and when you think about it, you and me alluded to this in some recent interviews, I mean, when you have pitchers, you know, going up and getting at bats, I mean, think about it, you know, uh, Dylan Simmons was getting at bats last year. Um, I think even Parker Messick, when you took some at bats last year and they just didn't have any depth as far as hitting goes. And, you know, that should have been, that should be improved this year um, with the transfers and the number of, um, you know, highly touted freshmen that, um, or, or on the roster. So, you know, as long as they can consistently get some sort of offense and just, man, just put the ball in play, um, you know, cut down on the strikeouts. And that's something that meet has emphasized a lot with, you know, just telling the hitters to, you know, try to go, uh, opposite field, hit the ball back up the middle, you know, not trying to pull everything. And, um, that seems like it is, is, is working, um, in the scrimmages, I've seen a lot of balls hit the other way um, with power, too. So, you know, that's going to be key. And they did a good job of getting on base last year. They they had a, you know, 41% on base percentage, you know, you know, with the walks and all that. But, you know, if they can just cut down on the strikeout, strikeouts and, you know, put the ball in play, play good defense. And, you know, a lot of the errors that they had last year were at shortstop with uh, Nander De, um, DeSantis. And, you know, he's gone. He transferred out. And so things are promising. You know, uh, Baseball America 
already projected FSU to be a number one seed in the uh, field of 64, and they're projecting them to be the number 12 seed overall. Um, you know, they've been picked to win the ACC this year, and, you know, we know they finished third last year. And so there's you know, some high expectations for each third year. Um, you know, they, they've had a full offseason um, Reese Albert will return after being, you know, battling injuries the last couple of years. And if, you know, if he can, if he can, you know, find his form and, and the footage that I've seen from him, he has, he has really seemingly shortened up his swing and he's not flying up and with that, that right shoulder and pulling off those outside pitches. And he's been driving the ball to the opposite field. And so that's a good sign. You know, the biggest thing with him is, is confidence. And so if they can get some some production from him, you know, you got Logan Lacey there. Um, you got Terrell. And once Tyler Martin gets back in there, you know, yeah, they could have they could have, you know, something going. And uh, as long as they, you know, play solid defense, you know, the pitching is going to be there. Um, I'm excited to see what they look like. I know the op- opening game last year against North Florida, I, you know, we were on Twitter live tweeting the game and we were like, oh man, this is going to be a long year. And and it kind of was, you know, they did have that hot streak there when they just smoked Miami and, and Florida, you know, kind of uh, in a, it was like a five or six game stretch, you know, where they were just hitting hitting everything. And then it was like, they couldn't hit a sack of balls. And so, um, you know, but, you know, hopefully um, those guys will be able to put it together. You know, FSU basketball, you know, it's, that season is, uh, you know, it's pretty much a wrap. Although I did I did write on Chop Chat the other day, if you haven't had a chance to check it out, I wrote that the these injuries could be a blessing in the skies. And lo and behold, they went out there against Clemson and pretty much, you know, I didn't predict it, but I was saying, you know, you're going to have an opportunity for these younger players to get more minutes. Um, so players like Matthew Cleveland, um, Worley at guard, and then, of course, Cameron Fletcher, you know, he had been coming off the bench. But you know, now with all the injuries, you know, he's playing way more minutes. And so uh, we saw that, you know, Matthew Cleveland and um, Fletcher combined for 30 points against Clemson. And then when you throw in Raycon, Raycon Evans career high 28, I mean, you know, we had, we had some offense that scored 81 points in a regulation game. And that's something they hadn't done in forever. Shot the ball well from three point land, only had eight turnovers, um, made, I think it was 25 of 30, um, free throws, so that was like 83%. You know, those are the little things. Don't turn the ball over. Make your free throws. And, um, you know, sh- shoot the three ball, you know, fairly decently. And if you do that, you're going to have a chance to win a lot of games. And so, um, you know, they'll play Duke on Saturday. And, of course, I don't expect them to win that game. But um, you have enough games left to where, you know, these young guys can continue to get minutes. And that should bode well for next year, provided that, um, you know, Cleveland does not enter the draft and, I don't know what he's going to do uh, right now. I would I would have to say he probably needs to come back um, for another year just just to refine some things. And um, you know he you know he should he should be a player next year if, if that's what he decides to do. But you know how the NBA is, man. They draft on potential, and so there's no telling um, you know what some NBA team may do out there. But um, you know we should know here in, in the next few weeks what 
what his plans are, whether he decides to declare or come back. But, um, you know, so well, at least we have baseball and softball to carry us um, through the next few months until, um, you know, football you know, starts in the spring. So we've got a couple of weeks until that gets underway. And then, of course, the spring game. And so, you know, we'll see what happens with the transfer portal. If um, FSU finds anyone out there in the next um, month or so that they think can help the program. And, uh, of course, we're looking at the um, junior elite days coming up uh, in March. Uh, it sounds like uh, Mike Norvell and the staff have a lot of quality players coming to campus. And so that's a great sign. You know, if they didn't have, you know, some quality players, you know, coming, you know, you, you kind of like you might want to, you know, that's a red flag. So, you know, even though the um, 2022 recruiting class didn't finish up exactly where you wanted it to be, the ability for them to get these guys on campus early and, um, and hopefully continuously get them on campus throughout the summer. And then of course, during the fall um, season, you know, that'll, that'll go a long way to um, making this 2020, 2023 class um, what it needs to be for um, Mike Novell and those guys to um, take the next step. But uh, I'm going to cut it there and um, get ready to um, write some previews on Chop Chat for tomorrow. But um, really do appreciate you guys um, tuning in and rocking with me. Um, make sure you um, go to um, whatever um, platform you listen to us on and give us a five-star review if you feel like um, this has been entertaining or informative. And um, any suggestions you have, always open to those. You can uh, shoot me a DM on Twitter. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter at built for playmakers. Um, you can also follow me, um, KH, um, chop chat, and, um, we look forward to talking to you guys soon. Go no. Thank you for listening to believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.